podcast is brought to you with support from Advanced Energy Intelligence, AEI. AEI brings to market a whole portfolio, real-time main meter view of cities, towns, and campuses by combining their AEI soft start real-time technology with their proven energy map visualization platform. AEI, Advanced Energy Intelligence. Welcome to Energy Matters to You, July 20th, 2017 edition. The Energy Matters to You podcast is a communication platform that features technologies and thought leaders working to advance energy efficiency. The Energy Matters to You podcast seek to connect buyers with sellers so that practical, cost-effective energy efficiency and sustainable energy solutions continue to gain market traction. Today's podcast is brought to you with support from Advanced Energy Intelligence. We're your host. My name is Leo Ryan. I'm here with my co-host, Ron Galuli. Ron, how are you? Good afternoon, Leo. I'm doing well, enjoying the summer, and I hope you are too. We're at the heat of the summer here, aren't we? We are. In fact, our guest is timely today with some of the highest regional loads that the ISO New England is experiencing right now. Yeah, so good timing to bring on Carl Popolo, uh, the founder of Advanced Energy Intelligence. Carl's got a, a deep IT background. I saw a, a Cornell degree and a University of Michigan degree and a 20, 23, 25 plus years of, of work in the IT space. Carl, welcome. Thank you, Leo. Thank you, Ron. Good to be here. Now, I understand that uh, you guys uh, you're, you guys have known each other quite a while. It's a, it's a small world. At some point, uh, we'll meet each other at a trade show or an AWE meeting. Uh, there's no hiding in the, in the world of uh, energy efficiency here in the New England area. Yeah, well, if, if, you're in this, if you're in this space and you don't know Ron Galuli, you're really not well connected. That's fact. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, but, yeah, Carl and I go, go back a ways um, when I was with National Grid, and then we both had a mutual friend at Horizon, and uh, you know, I think I've seen AEI's platform here grow over the last few years, so it's been really exciting. Yeah. So, Carl, do you go? Do you call the company name uh, AEI or Advanced Energy Intelligence? We go with AEI only because it's a uh, it's a mouthful to say out the full name. On occasion, when we're down at meetings in Washington, though, we're confused for the American Enterprise Institute, okay, which is a think tank <laughs> that. Uh, that does cause some confusion. It does get us immediate attention. I'll say that. <laughs> well, that's not the attention we want today. So we're gonna we're gonna right. uh, AEI will be Advanced Energy Intelligence. Carl, quick look at the at the website and uh, the 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 short summary of, of what you've brought to market is uh, energy data analytics solutions for MUSH, CI, federal and state markets in the U.S. and Europe, primarily in the New England area. Obviously, this area of energy data analytics is a, a huge part of grid modernization, and anybody who's who's controlling a large portfolio of buildings is worrying is wondering how to take big data and turn that into energy efficiency. That, that's right. And uh, just to go back a little into our history, we were founded in 2012, but my co-founder and I, a, a fellow by the name of Dennis O'Connor. We worked together at Constellation Energy from as back far back as 1992, very much in the same exact space, which is specifically measurement and verification of energy conservation measures at, at projects that that we were working on. So we we understood and we believed from the from the get go that the best way to pursue energy efficiency at a building level and in fact across an entire portfolio 
is to look at the data that is available. And in most cases, most commercial buildings, most municipal buildings have that data readily available. It's just a matter of looking at it. Uh, we take a particularly statistical approach to the data. And generally speaking, um, everyone wants the low-hanging fruit. In our world, the low-hanging fruit isn't always watermelon. Sometimes it's 3,000 blueberries scattered across the lawn and you just have to bend over to pick them up, and you get the same result is our, is our fundamental belief. Oh, I like that. I think I'm going to use it, the watermelons and blueberries. So some of these, these big honking uh, control measures or capital equipment measures that drive down costs or a whole bunch of small fixes. Is that what we're talking about? Pretty much. I mean, we're looking at buildings that uh, I can give you one quick example, a small school up there just, just by um, putting – Putting the building on night and weekend setback schedules is a $50,000 opportunity, only because without those schedules, the building, the building doesn't know that it's not occupied. Uh, it's up to the schedule on the, on the energy management platform to say that this building should set back at night. Why heat a building or, uh, or run lighting, for that matter? Lighting is simple. Everyone can see when the lights are on or off. But equipment that's heating the building, cooling the building, especially in the summer, really doesn't need to run full time overnight and on weekends. So simple setback measures. We like to look at the energy data and we typically see these kinds of opportunities in a, in a whole different array across the, the average week. Okay, good. You know, you started talking about um, measurement verification and conservation measures that, uh, uh, that, that are suggested and then implemented. But, but I want to go back a little bit to this, the, the whole data piece, because uh, AEI is focused on squeezing value out of this data. So can you talk to us a little bit about what data is available and, uh, and where that's leading uh, in, in an energy sense, utility sense? Sure. And it, it runs the gamut, too. I will say this, that at the, at the whole portfolio, at the statewide level, we did an RFP for Judicial Courts of California, for example. And in fact, we did a similar su survey with Boston, where all the utility records were, were delivered to us or available as public data. And from that, we start to separate out building behavior at the utility bill level, using nothing more than the monthly utility bills. In, in other cases, and specifically in Boston, the interval data, which is that data that's collected by your utility, the electric utility, every five or 15 minutes, is a, is a great way to start to understand how individual buildings are, are behaving. So at the utility level, what can we do? We, can, we know a building's size. We know its geography. And if we see the utility builds, our energy maps allows us to compare buildings on a uh, therm per square foot, kilowatt hour per square foot basis that lets us start to take a portfolio of, say, 150 buildings and separate out those that are higher cost per square foot or higher electric consumers per square foot or higher consumers of fossil fuels during a particular season of the year. You know, today we're focused on the cooling season and what that means for electricity usage. Uh, but in the UK, we're doing a pilot project there where they actually peak in January because of their high heating loads. So these measures that we like to pursue are multivariate. They are different in, in January than they may be in July. They're different for different, different building types. So by, by 
bringing all of this data together into some kind of a platform that lets you separate out A and B groups, separate groups, you start to compare collections of buildings and sooner or later within a collection, you've said, you know, all of the Boston police facilities are similar in terms of what they do. Why is Boston police headquarters higher by a factor of two on its electricity per square foot than say some of the other other stations are? So you start to divide and conquer your issues, your problems at a very high level before you get down into the into the weeds with the building energy data. And and we actually started out four years, five years ago now, looking at individual buildings. And we realized that that couldn't scale for us. We, we're a small company knocking on doors across a hundred different buildings. is not a, not a good use of our, our marketing approach. Bringing people into a, an energy map view, a portfolio view, that the, the quote-unquote the 30,000-foot view lets us start to figure out where are the five to ten buildings that are outliers in very broad ways. Once you've got that population identified, now you start to you know literally walk through the building. Ron likes to walk through buildings. We like to look at the buildings over an FTP connection and take the data and see what we can, you know, what we can join together. Hey, let me, Carl, let me, let me, let me pull uh, Ron in here at, at one minute because he's got a really unique perspective in that uh, you've got that, uh, Ron, you've had those geos with the utility where you're looking at uh, entire portfolios or, or, or verticals within the utilities area and, and, and in trying to drive energy efficiency. So Ron, I'd love to get a little bit of a perspective from you, um, Reflecting on what Carl has just talked about with the building behavior and the 30,000 foot view, the, the high level view about understanding buildings. Tell me about some successes that you've seen on the utility scale to, to look across broad portfolios of buildings and some of the challenges that those, um, those uh, technologies have confronted. Sure, Leo. Um, you know, my, my experience with the utility interval data goes, oh gosh, goes back to 1993 before we had the World Wide Web, and you can look at things online, but we used to receive the dot matrix printouts, and I always tell the story of the load shapes, and um, we answered a bill complaint in Rhode Island once, and the customer was peaking at noontime, and um, what we found was that one of the employees was using a 50-kilowatt industrial oven to heat his lunch at noontime. Right then, I realized the value of the data and it's huge, um, but I don't think the utility has fully leveraged that data. They have it, you know, Eversource now has Energy Profiler Online, that online tool that allows the customers to visualize the data, but I still don't think they've leveraged it to the full extent to really capture the savings that are available on the low cost or the potential for low cost, no cost measures. And they've also had some challenges. And I think we talked earlier, Carl, about actually deploying systems like yours and determining, okay, what is the correct M&V approach to be able to capture those savings? That's exactly right. I, I like to think of us as the infantry. Uh, I, mean, I mean, us meaning you and I, Ron, where you can, you can learn an awful lot just by studying behavior. We've all seen the case where the electric loads in January go crazy because of uh, space heaters that you wouldn't expect a January uh, electric load to compete with the loads you might see in, in, a, in a cooling season, yet they do. 
when the space is underheated and people bring in their, their space heaters. But the, the use of the data starts to reveal these patterns, and uh, those patterns have dollar signs associated with them. It's, it's clear as day. Yeah. So, Carl, I'd love to take a chance right now to talk specifically about uh, advanced energy intelligence. Both you and Ron have given us a good idea about how data and interval data in particular impact the marketplace. But uh, you've clearly seen a problem in the marketplace, inefficient use of data, insufficient use of data. So talk to us about the, you know, the specific problem you're solving that uh, AEI is solving, how the company is scaling, and where you think the, the, the real growth and opportunity is for AEI. Sure. Thanks, Leo. The, you know, the, the availability of the data, as is, is Ron hinted, uh, you know, any utility, any, any utility customer, commercial uh, customer is on a schedule, or a rate schedule with the utility that typically involves the use of a time-of-use meter at the facility. And that's a great benefit to those of us that like to look at data. What that means is that we can look at the load in a building every 5 or 15 minutes collected by the utility, and now all of a sudden we can start to peel back that that onion of of inefficient energy use. So the case I I alluded to earlier, we know when electricity is being consumed at 3 a.m. in the morning, that is a waste. It's a waste if it's not keeping the building at a minimum state, just getting ready for the morning occupancy. Um, we, we know what the building is doing during the summer when uh, the grid is peaking and it's hot outside. Does that building need to go into some kind of a, of a load shedding mode? We have a library here in my, in my hometown of Carlisle where they understand that when it's 90 degrees out, they need to shut down the third floor because there are only 40 people in the entire library. So why heat and cool three floors of a building during some kind of a peak event when you could reduce the footprint of the building and, and i.e. do some load shedding? So the, the value of the data can never be underestimated. And the fact that it's more and more readily available through Internet of Things, these connected devices that are reporting to the grid, reporting to the cloud, they're all accessible. Um, what we've found is, you know, we used to we used to say that um, the stuff that we do is high school statistics, um, and then people were afraid of that, so we just started calling it rocket science. People are more comfortable <laughs> knowing it's rocket science because they're they're less afraid of that than they are of high school statistics. But fundamentally, that is exactly what we do. Uh, you take you take Boston City Hall. I know their their median load throughout the year. I know their median load during the summer, and I know when they're about to peak because they have a flat line at about 280 kilowatts. They cannot consume more energy than that. So when they're approaching that load, we know it's you know there are things they could be doing to either reduce footprint or somehow reduce energy usage. Yeah. So, Carl, you, myself, and Ron, we've been around this space long enough to know that there's a whole bunch of opportunity in energy efficiency, that there's very easy ways to plug the holes in the boat to make a building more comfortable, uh, more efficient, and save folks money. But, frankly, all of us have to make our case to sell into these marketplaces and convince folks that they need to change behavior or they or it's in their best interest to change behavior so that their constituents are more comfortable and they're more resource efficient. 
you've chosen to to sell into a really complex marketplace. It seems like with a target on um, you know federal, state, local, national, even international governments, that the the sales cycle is quite a long process. Can you talk to us about you know how you make your case and and what um, switches them from a skeptic to a buyer? Sure. I mean, uh, fundamentally, we cut right to the chase and say we're, we're talking about less than one year payback. And, and the way I get to that is I say the DOE, the Department of Energy, did a study that, that estimated, and it's an old study. It probably needs updating. But they estimated that in, a building operator can save 5% just by looking at the available data if they haven't been looking at it yet. In other words, if I if I don't watch my car and only wait for the the engine check engine light to come on i could be saving five percent if, if you extrapolate that to a building i could be saving five percent in terms of operating costs just by paying closer attention to the available data you take that number and then you say well how do we promise you or suggest that we might find five percent well, if we have access to the energy interval data, the utility interval data, as as is now being reported for any utility to that EPO database, we start to look at these inefficiencies and we find loads that are all over the place during hours when they should be better controlled. That that energy being consumed at three in the morning that's a, that's unneeded has a real value, and that value is in terms of fifteen to twenty five cents a kilowatt hour. The, the loads that are exceeding peaks uh, when the grid is also peaking have demand charges associated with, with them to the tune of about 20 to $25 per kilowatt. So there are tangible ways to just simply look at the data, make the calculations of what better scheduling or better O&M operational and, and maintenance practices would yield. And typically what we find is this is an easy approach, low cost, doesn't take a lot of time to look at the available data, and that drives a very low payback period. Yeah. So, Carl, who who within an organization do you want to tell that story to? Is it the finance department? Is it the facilities department? Is there somebody in, you know, uh, uh, a CIO that wants to hear that? Who who who's the right person within an organization to for you to connect with? Typically, it's the it's the town manager, the person with the checkbook, and it's they that are paying out the uh, the utility bills. They're the ones writing the checks. When we and we we cover all levels. When we have meetings with the facilities folks, you know they are overwhelmed, overstretched. They've got VFDs and pumps that need maintenance or, or reinstallation. They don't have a lot of time to look at fancy charts either. I get that. And, and so what we do, ours is a more curated approach. We don't turn people onto a platform and say, look at these beautiful charts, have a nice day. Rather, we look at the charts. We internally, my partner, Dennis O'Connor, is a certified energy manager. He, he's the translator. He's the building whisperer. He sees the charts. And this is a classic example right here. We looked at a small school, and the data was saying to us that, the energy management system is saying that the damper should be closed, but the feedback sensor is saying that the, that the damper is open. So Dennis turned to the facility manager and said, why don't we take a walk up to the roof and look at the damper? And sure enough, they get there and find out the, that the actuator to the damper was broken. So there, there was a classic, and that was a $13,000 a year fix because 
if that damper doesn't open and close correctly, you're bringing in cold January air to a building that then needs to be heated, right? And so there's a there's a balance I- issue in, in that kind of a case. That's terrific. So, so that was a classic case of where the data told us what we should be looking at, and that bridged the gap to the facilities folks who then said, oh, we know how to fix dampers. So check that box. Yeah, terrific. Hey, Ron, you've, you've had some experience with uh, AEI. Can you, can you share with us the, the kinds of things that caught your attention where you, you see value from uh, AEI's platform to the marketplace? Well, I, I like the way their product mix starts. They have an AEI soft start, which I think, Carl, is a fairly inexpensive way for customers to be engaged. And then you engage them slowly and hopefully bring them up to, you know, the full commissioning product. And, you know, to your point about those savings you just identified, I think the utilities are going to be at a tipping point very, very soon with LED lighting becoming a mature technology that they're going to be looking for additional measures. And they've been talking about retro commissioning, continuous commissioning. And at some point, I hope to see them, you know, fund tools like yours up front um, so we can really capture those savings. Yes, uh, we completely agree. Ours is a world of dividing conquer. And what I mean by that is, yes, the soft start is a very low cost way into the understanding of how a building operates because we're looking at the readily available data. We're profiling the electric use. We're looking at the utility builds. And now if, if we do that on 10 buildings and find the one building that out, that's an outlier compared to all the others on a wide range of metrics, maybe it's the night setback, maybe it's the, the peak loading, maybe it's the, the space temperatures, maybe it's the, there, there are a whole wide range of things that can be found in a soft start that per se may save money in a range of buildings. But in our world, it's telling us where the next step should be. Where do we want to look next based on these very broad indicators? And this is not anything that, that, that a portfolio manager can't do on their own. Uh, it's just that we've built the tools that scale us to do, you know, 100 buildings in, in the time it might take someone to do five or 10. We don't look at Excel spreadsheets. We import the data. We have the analytics that, that, that pop out in CEM language, Certified Energy Manager language, that then turns on light bulbs that can be translated into English. It turns on light bulbs figuratively. I don't mean that we're burning electricity here. We're, we're actually saving electricity, right? But it turns on the, the energy manager into an understanding of how a building is being operated and how it might be improved. Great, great stories, great anecdotes. Carl, we, we do try to keep these uh, Energy Matters to podcast to 15 or 20 minutes, and we've, we're on the other side of 20 minutes at this point, and there's clearly a lot more we could talk about. So I'm just going to offer, is there anything that you want to make sure is captured in this conversation that we haven't touched on? I, I would, just two very quick things. Um, we, we do offer a free service, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't point that out on a day like today where New York will probably hit a new peak today in the, in the cooling season. Our free uh, ISO alert service is a quick way to, for customers to sign up. All they need is an email address, and they will receive an email or, or text message alert when the grid is hitting a new peak. Now, why is that important? If, if my building 
is coincident with the grid. In other words, I use more energy on those days when the grid also uses more energy in the region. I may be paying higher charges next year in the, they're called demand charges, installed capacity tags, ICAP tags are the way that the utility grades your building in terms of the demand that your building requires. And, and it's a case of musical chairs. If my load in my building is high today, and it turns out that today turns into is the peak day of the year, I will be assessed a larger tag for my building that affects my bills next year. So these ISO alerts are a great way to know that the grid is peaking and it's time for you to go into a demand response mode that, that hides you essentially from the grid's load. And that can have a dramatic impact, thousands of dollars on a typical 100 kilowatt facility, a commercial facility in, in, a, in a billing year. The other thing that we're doing too that, that I think is getting a lot of traction is the, the, for a very inexpensive real-time device that we can install at a facility, uh, we're able to deliver real-time building loads to the operator in the form of text messages and email alerts. And that says, you know, in January, when no one's really worried about peak demands, here's an opportunity to avoid hitting a billing period peak, which has a real effect on your billing month in and month out. So if you're paying 20 to $25 per kilowatt in, in the, for the peak usage in, in a billing month, knowing that you're approaching a new peak in the month is valuable. And, you know, the, the, the failure, I shouldn't call it the failure, the, the limitation of the utilities data is that it's only available 30 days in arrears. So the utility meter that's capturing that five and 15 minute data is only useful 30 days later. We solve that with a real-time solution that tells you, hey, your building is hitting a new peak uh, in the next 10 minutes. That's terrific. So I said those are two good things for people to look out for, the, the free ISO alert and the uh, real-time building loads. Ron, just uh, give it to you. Anything uh, that, that you've heard uh, or didn't hear in our conversation you want to make sure that people are aware of? Well, just following up on, as Carl mentioned, the capacity charges, I, I can't emphasize enough the, the number of customers that we go to that really are not dialed in on how their bill is affected by the capacity charge. And I really think they need to think hard about utilizing uh, the real-time service such as AEIs so they can mitigate those peaks and avoid, avoid those charges. That's great. Hey, I, would, I, would add, I would add on to that real quickly. I no obligation whatsoever. Anybody that wants to talk about demand charges, I, I, I feel badly for them. But on the other hand, if they want to have a conversation, I'd be happy to, <laughs> to take 30 minutes and, and explain it. It's a, it's a wow. It's a, uh, it's a fascinating subject for guys like me and Ron. That's scary, but it's true. Good stuff. Well, I, I think folks who listen to this podcast are going to learn an awful lot. So Carl Popolo from Advanced Energy Intelligence. Carlisle Mass, want to thank you for joining us here on Energy Matters to You. Uh, we wish you all the best, and uh, we'll be tracking Advanced Energy Intelligence, your progress, your, your scale-up in the coming months and years. Just a, a quick note here that um, – uh, Ron and I are always open and available for, for comments and ideas about future podcasts, so feel free to reach out to either one of us uh, on LinkedIn, probably the easiest way to, to get us. So that's, that's all I've got, Ron. Anything to add before we sign off here? 
Uh, no, you know, we had a little bit of a break from the last podcast, Leo, and I think we'll be on track hopefully for at least one one per month for the uh, rest of the year. So Excellent. stay tuned. And stay tuned. Perfect. So for Energy Matters to you, this has been Leo Ryan and Ron Galuli. There's work to be done. Go make a difference. Thanks. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsor for today's podcast, Advanced Energy Intelligence, AEI, one-stop shopping for your energy team to study utility trends, track sustainability goals, and to know your real-time position for social awareness and real-time response. Advanced Energy Intelligence.